Lance, welcome to a very special Tuesday episode of That Sounds Fun. I'm your host, Annie F. Downs, and I'm so excited to be here with you today to announce the newest show to join the That Sounds Fun network. And we've got a great conversation in store for you. So, you know, this is the That Sounds Fun podcast, and we are part of the That Sounds Fun network. Now, a network of podcasts is just a collection of podcasts. You know, we've talked about it before. It's like an amusement park. When you walk in, all the rides are a little bit different, but we think if you like one of them, you're probably going to like the rest. And today, I'm very sure that you're going to like the newest podcast to join the That Sounds Fun network. And so I am very excited today to tell you that our friend Lauren Akins has started a new podcast. It's called the Live in Love Podcast. Now, you may know that title already because her New York Times bestseller, Live in Love, book came out about a year ago. And the new paperback edition of Live in Love is out now. If you don't have a copy of that book, you should grab it. And actually, wherever you're listening to That Sounds Fun, go ahead while you're listening and just search for the Live in Love podcast and hit subscribe. I think y'all are going to absolutely love this show. And this one is really special to me because I got to be involved in some new ways. And I'm just thrilled for y'all to hear these really beautiful, profound, funny, lovely conversations that are coming in the Live in Love podcast. But today, Lauren and I are sitting down here at That Sounds Fun and talking about this new show, talking about her hopes for it and giving you a little preview of the first episode. So here is my friend, host of the Live in Love podcast, Lauren Akins. Lauren Akins, no longer podcast guest, <laughs> podcast hey, host. Yeah, learning from the best. Well, I don't know about that, but um, welcome back to That Sounds Fun. Thank you. I'm, I'm so, so happy to be back. We, You and I, as people are about to listen to over the next few weeks, have spent some extensive time podcasting. We sure have. Okay, now that you're on this side and you've done, I mean, there, there's about to be eight episodes that people can download and yeah. over the next couple of weeks... What do you think about podcasting? I have had so much fun. Have you really? Yeah. I have, but I also think I haven't had to, like, meet anyone new. Not that I don't love meeting new people, but it just feels like I'm asking my friends to, like, grab lunch. Yeah. And we're just sitting around a table having girl talk with a couple of dudes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Talk about the shape of this show. Every episode, Who? how did you decide who you were inviting to join you? With each episode, each one has a different theme, a different heart behind it, and all of them to me feel like almost like the pillars of my life, Mm. also the pillars of the book, Live in Love. And so when we came up with the themes of each episode, specific people came to mind thinking through what those Mm -hmm. ideas and themes and just what that meant to me yeah. and and who that meant to me in my life. So it, it was really easy to pick the people. And actually, each person that we asked if they could do it, I mean, it like they all just were, one, really excited. And then the timing of it all worked out, could not have worked out oh, more perfectly. It's unbelievable. Yeah. So it kind of just all fell into place, which to me is like the Lord being like, all right, this is it. Yeah. This is this is what I've got for you next. And so it just kind of felt natural to keep walking. Why did this feel like a yes for you? To even take to take live in love that now is out in paperback. Yeah. And 
and now turn it into these eight conversations to go along with. The, I mean, if you read the book, this is these are such good secondary conversations after you've read the book. Right. I think there are parts of the book that when I've gotten feedback or when I've met people out or, you know, seen people messaging me on socials, a lot of people want to know more about mm-hmm. certain things mm-hmm. and certain people or more personally about how I've walked through certain situations or scenarios. And to me, this just kind of felt like the next natural way to dig in deeper and to have that place to where people who did want to learn more or know more or just to have feel like they're in on a conversation that they can relate to, Mm -hmm. uh, to hopefully help them grow in that way and to see where you know, I didn't get it wrong the first time and and working, still working to get it right. And and then to hear from the people that we have on each episode and how they may not have gotten it wrong and how they're getting it right or working to get it right and the decisions that we've all made that have either put us further behind or really like fostered that relationship with the Lord that has taken us to like a much sweeter place. And I think every episode really has that spirit behind it of just like, I mean, honestly, just seeing the Lord's faithfulness in in every person's story on this podcast is, it's incredible. And I think it's something that people will really, I think that they'll love hearing the realness and the rawness of it because so many of the stories we talk about, some of it is kind of dark and some of it is really raw and some of it is, feels like it, could be shameful until you get it out in the open and then you're like, no, this is good. This is healing. This is vulnerability. And this is what people need. This is what people want to hear. They want to hear somebody's real heart and, and to know that life is life and it's Mm. really hard sometimes and it's really good sometimes, but we all go through the same ups and downs. So this is a really unique way of getting to show people that and to take people deeper in the characters of my life and book. Have you gotten home any of these nights we've been recording and thought, I said too much? <laughs> like, I wish I wouldn't have told that, or I feel a vulnerability hangover? <laughs> That's my life story. I feel like <laughs> really? I'm constantly <laughs> oversharing, which is why, honestly, like, probably the most prayed prayer that I pray over myself, other than the fruits of the Spirit, is that the Holy Spirit will shut my mouth when it needs shutting, but then also really? open it when it needs opening. So. I'm learning to like lean into that. And if he's like nudging me to tell part of my story, I'm like, nope, I really believe he was leading me here. I'm going to keep going with it. But then there are times that I'm like, you know what? That was you just wanting to share that. And that's not something that he was prompting you to share. So I'm learning to kind of tame that. But I mean, as you'll hear, like my family is really an open book. Yeah. And we, that's how I was raised is Mm -hmm. just there weren't really Mm -hmm. secrets and you know, age appropriate, but it was, that's how I was raised. And and to me, that showed a lot of love to me because my parents were willing to share everything, the good, the bad, the ugly, the, the things that you don't want to talk about on a Sunday night in church or the things that you don't want to talk about at your Christian school or at your public school or, in Kroger or that you don't want your grandmother to know. Right. You know, right. like the the things that should be talked about that a lot of times get skipped because it's uncomfortable or mm-hmm. maybe not quote unquote 
the way things are supposed to go um, was something that my parents just just did it anyways. So I loved that about them. And so I think that's the way we were raised. And so that yeah. thing, that's why I do what I do. And I do open my mouth a lot. But <laughs> there were some hard moments in these podcasts, but it was mostly just, it was a lot of laughter, mostly joy. And um, I had so much fun doing it. So yeah, I probably did overshare a little bit, but I think it will be helpful. I didn't. Th- well, I thought, I loved it. I never, I never went home and thought Lauren overshared. Okay, but well, <laughs> but it in my it also hit my story. I just didn't know. What do you think about when you? Maybe you've already thought about this in ten years when Willa Gray has her own phone, or when Ada James does, or Lennon, or any other kids that come in the future. What do you think about them listening to this? <laughs> what do you think they're going to learn and think about hearing a whole podcast recapping some of the parts of your life that aren't in the book? I would love it if they could like. Not Lennon, maybe not Ada James, but I would love for Willa Gray to be able to look back on this time in my life and like remember parts of this. Yeah, yeah. Because yeah. I think she's old enough now to see. Um, you know, I talked a little bit about my grandmother passing away, and that was very mm-hmm. recent. And so that's something that she's also watched me walk through and experienced. And and she obviously knew my grandmother. And so it's something that she's learning about life and loss and death, but also like the promises of Jesus and how that has shaped the way that I walk through this mm-hmm. and how I choose to talk about it and how I choose to believe in the goodness of what comes from yeah. life after earth. And so I, I hope that through this time in my life where I feel like I've experienced so much growth in my faith and in my walk that she will look back and kind of remember that shift in my life too and see how her mom made that conscious decision to to just walk in faith. And I hope that's what my kids see when they look yeah. back on this time in my life. Yeah. And I hope that's what these podcasts once all the stories are threaded together, like that's the underlying message is that faith is everything. And um, I hope that that's what she sees when she thinks back. And I hope she thinks back and, and is like, man, I'm really proud of my mom for that. And I'm, mm-hmm. I'm that's one of my favorite things that my mom taught me was to just rely on the Lord and um, to trust that his will for me is good and that he's got me. Yeah, I think, I think also the... That I would give a lot of money to hear my parents and grandparents on a podcast together. Yeah. Yeah. You know, it would be incredible. Yeah. It would be incredible. I just would love to hear my mom sitting down with her parents on a podcast or my mom and dad sitting down together like you and TR did. Yeah. And really telling the truth about what it's like to work through Mm -hmm. being humans together. Yeah. I just think, what a gift. Yeah. I am excited about that. I mean, that one was fun. That yeah. one was really fun. <laughs> um, uh, yeah, I think as my kids get older, they will appreciate. I mean, right now, everything is just fun and games to them. But I'm hoping they're able to pull a lot of good life lessons out of this and um, learn from our mistakes. Have Has anything surprised you that's happened when you've been recording or when you've heard these shows? Yeah, how fast it goes. 
I mean, yeah. when, the time. when Craig's over here holding up 10, 20, 30, 40 minutes, I'm like, ain't no way we've been 30 minutes in. I feel like we've only had two topics so far. I know. So, but to me, that's just like, that's how much fun we're having with it. Yeah. So that's been the most fun part. The saddest part is I'm like, oh man, it's over. I know. But who knows? Maybe there's more to come. Maybe that means that our conversations aren't done yet, but yeah. I guess we'll have to see. Yeah, that's I. I told you before we started. I feel like I'm going to have Lauren withdrawal because we've done <laughs> all these together, and now we are done. I know. I think the biggest surprise for me that I'd love for you to speak to is I didn't know how open y'all were all going to be about your faith. I mean, everybody, yeah. everybody's talked about Jesus. <laughs> is that your whole life? It's the biggest part of my life for yeah. sure. I have friends who are uncertain. I have friends who are just discovering him for the first time. I have friends who are completely stiff-arming him, and that's okay. Yeah. I love all of my friends. I have so much fun with all of my friends. Yeah. But the ones that I do spend most of my time with are the ones that are walking side by side with Jesus and Mm -hmm. truly believe the Holy Spirit is holding their hand the whole way. Yeah. Because— as we talk about one of the episodes, I really believe in the whole you're the the top five or ten people that you have closest to you, their quote unquote faith average, whatever that looks like, is probably if you average out their scores of what their faith is like, how strong their faith is on a scale of one to ten, whatever that number is, is probably what your average is. Mm-hmm. And so that especially raising three little girls who are watching my every move. Like that's at the top of my priority list is that I'm loving Jesus well and loving my husband well, and in turn also loving my kids well. But um, that's why it's so important to me to have people around me that I'm doing life with as a mom, as a friend, in a small group, in my faith journey, in my marriage, Mm -hmm. everything. So everybody that I had come on to the podcast, (laughs) a lot of them were like, I got messages the night before we would do the episode and they would be like, so first of all, are there any questions I need to be thinking through before we get in there? And every time I was like, you know what? I tend to just like wing things in my life. I'm just going (laughs) to wing it and just kind of see how it goes. And they were all like, yeah, that's not surprising. And then they're like, okay, so is this like more secular, like, am I allowed to talk about, like, my Mm. faith a little bit? And my response every time was like, sister, you know I can't have a conversation without talking about Jesus, so I'm not going to hold back, but that's up to you. But you're right. I feel like every person that has come in has really, that's just a natural part of Mm -hmm. conversation. Mm -hmm. But um, to me, that's what's so life-giving about all these relationships. Yeah. And so that's been really fun. A lot of our friends listening are people who are starting to make podcasts as well or who are new at podcasting, just like you and I together. (laughs) Um, Will you talk about your friend Grace praying for you before before we started on the first day? Yeah. Talk about what why that mattered to you, because I think that has played into what has happened as we've recorded. Yeah. So Grace is somebody who I do life with very very closely. And I just, right before all this podcasting got started, I had 
was and kind of still am in, in a way walking through a lot of painful things, I would say. And also, I believe a lot of that is a form of spiritual attack as well that I think I recognized and also my close girlfriends recognized. And so <laughs> I know people probably think that I'm crazy how much I talk about this stuff, no. but <laughs> I had April, another one of my girlfriends was like, if anyone ever got a hold of our cell phones and saw the conversations <laughs> we were having, they would put us in a mental institute because they'd be like, these people are crazy. No, they would think that you believe the Bible when it says our battle is not <laughs> against flesh and blood. I know, I know, I know. But I mean, I, I know that like believers don't think I'm crazy, but I know there are people who are like, this chick is crazy. Um, but the amount of times that I like confess to something with my friends or share something that's been really hard for me or share something really big for me I'm mm-hmm. about to go through, it never fails. I will get text messages back of prayers. That they're praying over me. And if it's in a group text, everyone's responding like in agreement, praying that with you. Yeah. Um, and then inevitably, I will get a voice memo individually from a lot of girls. Wow. And they're like, I just want to pray over you before you go into this podcast. Or I just want to pray over you before your day to day. Or this was a verse the Lord shared with me this morning, and I know it was for you. Mm. And just just encouragement. And, and even in those moments where I feel like one of the things we talked about is where you feel like you can lose your compass in life and just you feel lost. And even though you're a person of faith— you can still get to a point yes. and be so lost and be like, oh, I don't know which way is up or down. I don't feel like myself anymore. In those moments, being vulnerable and choosing to share that with your close-knit group of girlfriends or husband or best friend or family, that is crucial to me, especially because once I once I feel that darkness— I let the light come into that darkness by mm-hmm. by sharing that and confessing that That's and right. and bringing that to my friends who I know are going to be battling in the spirit with me for those things and in a lot of those moments where I have felt very weak or I should have felt very weak over the last few months I can't explain it to you I was telling Mo our assistant this morning on the phone she's calling in to check on me before we were doing this and she said, how are you? I mean, I just, you've got to be exhausted. How's your heart? Just from the personal things going on. And I said, you know what? I am exhausted. I'm very tired, but I don't feel defeated. Mm. And I'm, me I'm, too. That that's exactly how I would describe it, how I it's feel. It's so yeah. just I don't feel defeated. I don't feel defeated. I feel mm-hmm. strong. Mm-hmm. I feel tired, but I feel like I have the strength to keep going yeah. and I don't feel defeated and I do still have joy even though there is sadness at the same time. Yeah. It's like there are moments of joy and I do feel a peace and and I know without a shadow of a doubt that that is because I have my brothers and sisters praying for me in the mm-hmm. Spirit and lifting me up to the Father. So even when I feel like I don't know what to pray or I feel like I can't pray or I don't have the right posture to ask for the things that I feel like I need or want, mm-hmm. they're doing that on my behalf. Yeah. And um, it's such a difference. I mean, I, I can feel such a difference walking through hardship with that support now than when I did years ago and didn't know I had access to that kind of power. Wow. Yeah. You didn't know you had access to that kind of power. 
Hey friends, just taking a short break from this conversation to give a shout out to our amazing partners, Brooklinen. If your everyday has started to feel ordinary, then may I suggest that you transform into something magical by upgrading your bedding, loungewear, towels, and robes. Step into this next season in style and comfort and get it all from one place, Brooklinen. Brooklinen was started to create beautiful, high quality home essentials that don't cost an arm and a leg. And y'all, they have done it. They really have done it. Brooklinen works directly with manufacturers to make luxury available directly to you without the luxury level markups. So you get their amazing products, but at a reasonable price. Brooklinen has something for your every comfort need, ideal for a seasonal refresh because they're launching new products, colors, and patterns all the time. I'm talking buttery soft sheets, y'all. They are so breathable and lovely. Plush and absorbent towels, cozy robe. Y'all know how we feel about having a work robe here at That Sounds Fun. And comfy loungewear you'll want to put on and never take off. They're so confident in their core products that they come with a 365-day warranty, y'all. And their fans are confident, too. They've received over 75,000 five-star reviews and counting. And their customer service, clearly, they are getting their eight hours every night because they're a dream to work with if you ever have an issue. I refuse to spend a night on any sheets other than my Brooklyn ones at my house. They're just so soft and comfortable and maybe make it difficult to get up in the morning sometimes. My answer is simply to have multiple sets. <laughs> so give yourself the comfort refresh you deserve and get it for less at Brooklinen. Go to brooklinen.com and use the promo code that sounds fun to get $20 off with a minimum purchase of $100. That's B-R-O-O-K-L-I-N-E-N.com and enter the promo code that sounds fun for $20 off with a minimum purchase of $100. That's brooklinen.com promo code that sounds fun. And now back to finish our conversation with Lauren. So what would you say to someone starting a podcast today? What, what do you know today after you've finished a whole season that, that you would say to someone who's starting one? Oh, man. Um, if you're a person of faith, I would say 100% praying before each mm-hmm. podcast is something you do really well. And I love that you do that. I just think inviting the Holy Spirit into into these conversations and and handing that over to Him that whatever is said will glorify Him and um, make people feel loved and make people feel less alone and bring joy to conversations and purpose to life. Um, I think speaking all of those things and praying all of those things in is crucial. Mm-hmm. Um, but also just having people on your podcast who maybe initially just till you can <laughs> get comfortable with <laughs> That's it. That's right. Having people that you are super comfortable with uh-huh. because then it doesn't feel as much pressure if you feel like you're actually just sitting across the table from a friend. Right. Right. I think that's been huge for me. Yeah. Start at least season one. Keep it keep it with people that know you and love <laughs> yeah. you and know what your face is saying. Yes. And yeah. For sure. For sure. Okay. So let's hear, let's let people hear some of the season that is coming over on your podcast. Yeah. talk through just life 
with adoption, I really want mom and Suzanne to kind of share their specific stories on adoption as briefly or not brief as you want. I think it would be really good just to hear y'all's background of why adoption is such a part of your life and anything else you want to say. Cool. Mom, take it away. Okay. So I was adopted basically really, really early on. Like I think um, my parents got me like when I was 17 days old. Wow. Mm -hmm. They couldn't have children, so they wanted to do adoption. And um, I remember my mom set me down and was telling me, I think I was like seven maybe, and she set me down in her bedroom and I could I could see outside and it was summertime and the pool was out there and she was like, I want to talk to you about you were adopted and, you know, she really, she had a book on it and wanted to just tell me everything about it. And I kept thinking, I really just want to go out there and go swimming. And yeah. <laughs> and so she just, she just wanted, you know, for me to feel what she felt when and, and forever, how they got me and, and the story. And so she was explaining all this to me and I just, you know, I was so comfortable with, my, pa- I mean, my parents were my parents, and it just it's just always been, for me, the most wonderful experience because they, I just never, I never thought about maybe where I really came from, and um, a lot of my friends have wanted me to look and find who my biological mother was, and, and I would be interested in doing that probably if my parents had just, you know, I just, it's such a wonderful experience with my parents. So I knew early on that I was adopted, but it was just a great, great experience. And my mom's still here. My dad's not here anymore, but he died maybe 23 years ago, but just wonderful life and the sweetest parents ever. And, um, the best grandparents ever. (laughs) Yeah. Mm. So it was just, you know, it was for me, a wonderful, perfect, perfect, experience in life and I could not have had better parents. So I, of course, am just all in with adoption. And and I think with my kids and Lauren growing up, you know, like they just always knew that I was adopted and, and we talked about it openly. And so I think that was kind of something that was probably planted in her mind and heart a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, as, as she was growing up and I was a social work major so I was always one of those people that was like all about life and loving everybody, but just love people. And Lauren's same way. Suzanne's exactly mm-hmm. the same way. And so I think this was all just meant to happen and mm-hmm. everything to come together the way it did. But I just have the most wonderful experience with adoption. Lauren, do you ever wonder about your birth grandmother? I started to when I got older just because of the fact that there was a mom and a dad out there somewhere that made my mom. And yeah. I'm curious to know what they're like, because my, if you meet my mom, she's like, <laughs> we always, me and Suzanne always tell people that anytime we're around dad and mom, constantly dad is like, Lisa, what's it like? Tell us what's it like <laughs> to have your brain just with rainbows and butterflies flying around all day long. Your world is just perfect. He's like, what is it like to be that person? But it's so true. She's just sunshine everywhere mm, she goes. Yeah. And so I just sweet. really, I think it would be so interesting to see what her biological parents are like. I mean, my grandmother is like 
one of the most incredible women I've ever met in my life. And like some of her attributes, like we we've picked up and we've yeah. learned from her. And my mom definitely models who she is after my grandmother, who we call Mimi. And I do the same. And I'm very, very close to her and was very close to granddaddy, her husband. But I always wonder, like, what what did she get from her biological family? Or, like, does she have siblings? Or, like, do we have cousins out there that, like, if we saw them walking yeah. down the street, we'd be like, whoa, we look a lot alike. You don't have any more um, space on vacation. <laughs> that's what we, we, do, we definitely yeah. don't. But um, there are things that my grand, like, my grandmother, if you saw her, she's 88. Sorry, Mimi, if you're listening and you didn't want me to say that. But she's, like, the hottest grandmother that ever existed. And my friends are like, my friends are like, dang, y'all got some good genes. And I'm like, nope. We don't get those jeans. <laughs> we didn't get to pick those up. We just get to watch her live them out. But um, yeah, Lisa, it makes me wonder how much of you that Lauren is describing is nature versus nurture. Oh, that would be so interesting. Now, I have, I have wondered that type of thing. Like, I would love to have a piece of paper that said all the different characteristics. Now, I do know, I do know one thing that I think is very interesting. On my adoption papers, it said uh, that my mom had, it said something about her characteristics, my biological mother's characteristics, or what she, her interest. And uh, like, I love football and I am so happy being a girl. But if I, if I could play football, like if I were a guy, I would love Uh to play football, love to watch it. And that was one of her things. And I thought back in 67, like, I don't know that a lot of girls would have said, I love football. (laughs) You know, so that's kind of, I think that is interesting. And wasn't she shorter and had red hair? They said some, some, one of them had red hair. I think she, which I guess red hair and like blonde Blonde. and fair is not that Mm -hmm. far off base, but Mm -hmm. shorter Mm -hmm. is, does not feel like it should ever be in the vocabulary to describe you. (laughs) You're so tall. (laughs) That's me. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, that's right. (laughs) Switched at birth. (laughs) I think that's fascinating to think. Uh, all these things that Lauren loves about you and that everyone said. I mean, we ran into, the gro- we ran into each other at the right, grocery store yes. a few weeks ago, and I was like, she lights up the grocery store even with a mask on. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> right? She and does. so, But then if you're saying Mimi's like that, too, I think it's such a good reminder that anyone you bring in your family can pick up the traits Absolutely. Mm-hmm. of your family. Yeah. Um, Suzanne, tell us who you are. So I'm Suzanne Marinick, and I have adopted. I have four biological and four adopted. I didn't wake up one morning and go, hey, I'm going to have eight kids. (laughs) Um, I mean, but what I have learned is that there's God's plan and then there's my plan and my plan really doesn't count. Mm -hmm. And um, when Mike and I first got married, we did. I'm one of four. He's one of three. And so we thought, well, maybe we'll have three or four children. And when I went from three to four children, I was completely overwhelmed with life, with laundry, with cooking, with nursing, getting some to school, some were home, temper tantrums. I mean, I was completely overwhelmed, and I spent a lot of mornings and afternoons just sitting in my kitchen crying mm-hmm. with children all around me. It was very difficult, um, it, but at that point, I think I really started thinking, I, I cannot do this alone, and so I really started leaning in to just— spending time with the Lord and asking Him to give me what I needed for each day. And I continued to read, you know, you only need enough manna for a day. Mm-hmm. Um, you don't, you're not promised tomorrow. We're only promised today. And so I started living my life that way, just, I guess, just in survival mode, actually. And shortly after my fourth child was born, 
I was sitting in church one day and I heard the Lord say, I have a child for you. And I've never heard in the Lord speak to me audibly or anything ever. And I would have, I would tell you even to this day, I don't feel like I have enough strong enough spiritual walk with the Lord to even hear him audibly. But it was so clear. I heard, I have a child for you. And this little boy in church kept turning around and smiling at me. And you're um, like, am I supposed to take that one? <laughs> that's exactly that's exactly what I thought. I'm like, it's, he he's an African American little boy, and he was mm-hmm. sitting on a row with all white people. So I thought, does he need a family? And I got up and I went to the bathroom because I was nauseous. Came wow. back and sat down, heard it again, looked around, like, is anybody else hearing this, or am I losing my freaking mind? <laughs> yeah. And um. Everybody was just paying attention to the sermon. So that afternoon, went home and started talking to Mike. And I said, you're not going to believe what happened to me in church today. Making sandwiches at our island in our kitchen. I start telling him that I start throwing up oh my gosh, <laughs> in oh my, my kitchen trash can. Because I there was not one part of my being that felt like I was capable of doing one more thing. One more load of laundry. One more dinner. One more bottle. How old were the kids at this time? Um, okay, so Miller Ann had just been born, so she was, I think, maybe one, which means Annabelle was three, and then that would mean Michael is six, and um, Grace was nine, Boy. right? <laughs> nine, six, three, yes. Okay. And so um, Mike just said, and, and, and in my honest, if I'm going to be honest, I thought, he's the leader of our household. He's going to look at me and say, honey. You cannot take care of the four we have. You call me all the time crying. <laughs> so let's just put it on the back burner. But what he said was, well, if it was that clear to you in church, let's just commit it to prayer and let's link arms and hearts and let's just see what God has. And so that's what we did. And the Lord just really started showing some things to him. He had started reading a book by Bruce Wilkinson called The Dream Giver. Yes. And it's ordinary who lives in the land of familiar and he keeps trying, he keeps calling him out to go to the promised land and the border bullies keep standing up telling him, you can't do that. You can't do that. And then he was listening to a podcast um, on his radio and it was talking about the plight for African-American men for just the, the Muslim faith. And we started doing some research and we got a lot of counseling and we found out that at that time, African-American little boys were the last babies to be adopted. Wow. Um, people would adopt, you know, um, significantly special needs or there was, you know, there's years of people waiting for children that look like our children. And for some reason in our culture, the African-American community doesn't typically adopt culturally. Mm -hmm. Um, There's a lot of babies that are being born that need, that are growing up without a father. So we thought, well, okay, we're just going to get our uniform on, but not necessarily jump into the game. That's a great way to say it. Yeah. So we got our home study done and we just left it there. And three months later, Joshua was in my arms. Met his birth mom. I was actually in the delivery room with him. And in talking to his birth mom, found out the very week that I felt the Lord speak to me was the week that she made her adoption plan. Wow. Mm -hmm. And so when we realized that and we connected those dots, she said, I'm going to be honest with you. You are not who I would choose to mother my child. You are white. You already have four children. But... Just in spending time with you, I know without doubt you're supposed to be his mother. Mm. So we brought him home to Brentwood. Um, We realized, wow, like our dentists are white, our doctors are white, our groceries white, our church is white, our school is white. 
And when I held him in my arms, it's like these blinders were taken off of my eyes of what my day-to-day life looked like. So we just started going, okay, what are we going to do to integrate more color and more diversity in, in every way, just to our family? We'd already started taking our children to other, other countries to serve. Um, we realized pretty early on that it, that was important, and that was the only vacation that we took our children to where they cried when we were leaving because mm. they wanted to stay. It was in Guatemala at a special needs orphanage. And Mike and I thought, okay, if we can go to the beach and snow skiing or whatever else we're doing, then we can make that time to take our children to serve others. And we really made that a focal point. You know, I would take my girls to the women's mission downtown, and we would do jewelry or art with them. Or We just really started living a life of giving and serving rather than it being all about us. And we watched our children's hearts be transformed. Mike and I, our hearts were transformed. We just changed everything in our life when we brought Joshua home. And I was completely released from laundry, and I did not feel overwhelmed. I felt joyful because I knew I couldn't do it. I just knew there was was no possible way I could do it all. And so I started relying on him for everything, and I was freed up from just— hard, like, darkness. So Joshua got to be about 18 months old. Can I ask you a question in that, though, real quick? Yes. When you say relying on God for everything, I mean, God doesn't do your laundry. So what does that look like on a Tuesday? Practically. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I believe, I mean, I hear you. I believe you. We all believe you. I just want you to tell us, how do we do that if we're sitting at home with five kids and want to hand it to God, but the laundry is still the laundry? Mm -hmm. Yes. So Mike's a financial planner. And so we sat down and looked at our budget Mm -hmm. and we said, okay, where are ways, where are some areas where we can cut back and save money and put it towards somebody coming to help me with laundry? Great. So we started moving things out that we were spending money on that didn't feed our souls. Yeah. We we always kept money, enough money in in our budget for us to have a date night. Mm -hmm. It was like, okay, what do we need to focus on that's an important things to keep us going? Mm And, and as my kids got older, a little bit later, we went back and adjusted the budget again so I could have somebody to come in the afternoons just to help me with my school age to get homework done. Yeah. I could do homework. She could start baths with little ones. Then after homework was done, would, was done I could start dinner. She would leave. Homework was done. Baths were given. Dinner was made. And Mike could come in from work, and we could actually have family time together. I was <laughs> <laughs> like— that is that's a village. Yeah. But you you know, you start. <laughs> but that's learning. also trusting the Lord. People, yeah. I want people to hear that sometimes trusting the Lord looks like being really practical uh-huh. and believing him. So, right. That's really and, and just believing that he's going to bring just the right people to walk through the, I mean, I look back at the, the girls in college or had, that had just gotten out of college that God brought right at the perfect moment for the stage of life that we were in with the age of my children. And I could not have. I could have searched the whole world and never found those people. Mm-hmm. And it's it, it just his timing is everything. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so then we adopted again two years later because we felt like Joshua really needed someone that looked like him and our family. At that point, our hearts were just open, you know, just to love and care for more children because then you started going, okay, we've got this. Like, I, I, I can do the day-to-day. Mike can work and, and bring, you know, help provide for us. We're having time together, and then you're just relying on God, and all, all that heaviness kind of goes away. Mm. 
Same thing. We finished our home study. Three months later, Caleb was in my arms. Oh, gosh. Wow. And I mean, then it was just, but then the older kids started helping with the younger kids. And, you know, I might not be able to to give somebody a bottle, but Grace could. And if Joshua was really wanting to run out and play, Michael could play with him. So then it didn't rely solely on me. Mm-hmm. They were getting older to where they could help. And they learned early on, we're doing this together. Mm-hmm. It's not, hey, mom, can you do this and that? It's It's teamwork. And how can we pitch in to all help each other? So when you start learn serving each other in your home, it makes it a lot easier to serve your friends and strangers that you don't know. Ooh. Or that's what I've seen with my children. Yeah. Um, there's not a lot of time to argue because you're so busy helping and serving each other. Um, so we haven't had a whole lot of conflict in our home. People ask me all the time, do your children not fight? And they do disagree on occasion, but w- they really don't fight. We all get along and love each other, and it's just sweet. But it's nothing that I've done or Mike that's that we've done. It's other than opening our hands and hearts to what God has and saying yes and when you allow him to move and do his thing and just allow you to be, mm-hmm. then you feel the Holy Spirit in a way that you can never imagine. And once you feel or taste that, you don't ever want to go back to what the world tells you is. Preach, so sister. True. So true. <laughs> so Preach. that's how the two, um, I know I'm going really long. That's how We're the here. first two came. We started living life alongside Katie Davis, who lived in Uganda Mm -hmm. or was living in Uganda. And um, my husband became chairman of her board and actually was for, gosh, 10 years, I think. And I started doing a lot of stuff stateside for Katie while she was in Uganda. Okay. Just living alongside her and seeing her live out just truly by faith, an 18-year-old living in Uganda by herself. We would go and visit her and spend time with her. And I kind of always joked, I I really did feel like my family was done with six children, but we always joked, oh, well, if we were ever to adopt, you know, again, if it was a little girl, I would want her to have pom-poms, and we would name her Josie Love. (laughs) And we, I loved the name Josie Love. And we went to go visit Katie, and she was taking us to the children's home where she served when she first moved to Uganda. And there was a little girl she absolutely loved that was really sick and um she she would be sick at night and Katie would hear her crying and so she would go down and get her out of her bed and give her bananas or Gatorade or give her Tylenol if she was running a fever and so we went to go meet her and she said her name's Josephine and then out of all the children in the orphanage they shaved all the baby's heads just for hygienic purposes and she was the only one that had long braids and they said that the reason is because the caregivers couldn't they couldn't stand the thought of cutting her hair because it was so beautiful. So we went back a few days later and they had it in um, pom-poms. And Katie was like, here's Josephine. <laughs> or maybe Josie love. Lauren, everyone's going to love this thing. <laughs> I hope so. Oh my gosh. It is it is just you, I, I've said this to you personally, but I'll say this out loud too. I've gotten to be a part of a lot of things in my life. We both have. This is going to be one of the best. Oh, it, is, it feels so important. Oh, so I feel you. tired but not defeated. <laughs> I'm with Amen. you. What do you hope happens when people listen? Man, I hope people are fueled and fired up to to do. Yeah, I mean, just to go and do what 
whatever it is, whatever the calling is on their life. And, and if they're in a moment of pain or suffering that, that they realize they have a higher power they're able to access Mm -hmm. and that Mm -hmm. they are able to find those people to tap into or just to start that conversation with God that he will bring those people into their life that they can tap into. And I hope people have fun. I mean, there's a lot of laughter in these episodes and I mean, it's a lot of life. It's a lot of seriousness, but it's a lot of fun. Yeah. And and that that really is my life. It's a lot of a lot of laughter, mm-hmm. but there's there's some pain. Mm-hmm. But at the end of the day, I mean, even threaded through the pain, the suffering, um, all the joy, all the laughter, there is a peace that just kind of is constant through it all. And I, that's what I hope people are able to find is is that peace, and also just feeling not alone or isolated. Yeah. I hope that these stories really are able to resonate with people who are humans yeah just like we're all humans yeah. and they it it helps them to discover a version of their self that they love and are able to grow more into and yeah. share with the world i mean there were a couple of times where we said to the guests you are going to make people feel so understood and not alone just by sharing your story i just was blown away by that <laughs> i thought that was so amazing oh thank so. you i mean i hope so i think I think sometimes it, um, especially like with the book and the way that my life has gone and now that I'm on a podcast, I never in a million years would have dreamed that this is where I would have ended up. I thought I was going to be working in a hospital right now, hopefully with kids, but I did not, I did not know I was going to be married to who I'm married to. Well, I knew I was going to be married to him. I didn't, didn't know, know that, he was going to be know him. his career was going to go where it went. <laughs> That's right. Um, so it is kind of crazy how somebody who ran away from the spotlight for so many years, I'm now starting to find like a little bit of comfort yeah. where I am, even though it's not most naturally who I am, I don't think. Or maybe actually it is, and I'm just like stepping into that. But um, – that's been really cool just personally for me to watch how what would have been the last possible scenario on my list of what will I be when I grow up uh-huh. turn into what I'm doing, but then watch the fruit of that and how the, how God has just taken it and ran with it. And, and it has been a lot of fun. Yeah, it's, it's been amazing. And... Yeah, I think I think there is something to you paying attention to how good you are at this. So, <laughs> but we can talk about that later. Thanks, okay, the last question we always ask. You've answered this before. Because the show is called That Sounds Fun, what sounds fun to you? Man, right now my kids, my kids are all I can think about. Mm-hmm. I feel like in a season where it has, you know, the world's kind of picked back up and it's gotten busy again, I just crave time having fun with my kids. So... After we wrap this thing up, I'm going to go home and play with my kids, hopefully in the sunshine. Yeah, hopefully. That sounds fun. Maybe. Lauren, I I just love you, and I feel like such a, it has been such an honor to partner with you in this. So thank you. Ditto. Thank you. I love you, Annie. You're the best. This has been such a dream.
Oh, you guys, isn't she the best? And aren't you so stoked about this podcast? Oh my gosh, I cannot wait for y'all to hear. Listen, go on over to Live in Love, subscribe and listen to that first episode. There are more coming your way. You're gonna absolutely love it. I promise you're gonna love it. It's such a great show and Lauren is such a great host. Hey, be sure to grab a copy of the new paperback edition of Live in Love. You can get that at laurenakins.com or wherever you love to buy books. And as always, go follow Lauren and tell her thanks for being on the show today and how much you love her new podcast. Fill her up with kind words about launching a new podcast into the world today. We are so excited and so honored at That Sounds Fun Network to be a part of the Live in Love podcast. If you need anything else from me, you know I'm embarrassingly easy to find. Annie F. Downs on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, all the places you may need me. That's how you can find me. And I'm Annie F. Downs, TSF, like that sounds fun on YouTube. I think that's it for me today, friends. Go out or stay home and do something that sounds fun to you, and I will do the same. We will see you back here on Thursday with artist and musician Tim Timmons. See you then. <laughs>